I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. To infinity and beyond! Flying in baseball? Yeah, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dad? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. ravage our land their cruelty to my people is all I've known so you're going tomorrow yes I'm going tomorrow with the advanced team I'd like you to take me with you are you trying to give me court martial can I trust you with something I've been having dreams about a girl falling in battle felt like a vision. Dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake. To the future of House Atreides. You have to be ready. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. They're not human, they're brutal. What if I'm not dead? You'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. Come on! My son. I know you. Tonight the bloodline ends forever. Kill them all. This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Only together. Can we stand a chance? Let's fight like demons. Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. Dune. Talking about Dune. Everybody, we're talking about Dune finally. Hey. Which one? I saw Dune. Did Dune? you see Dune? Yeah, Dune? I saw Dune. Dune? 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 <laughs> do you do? How do you think a Scottish person says Dune? Dune. Dune. Dune, <laughs> Dune man. Spelled with two O's and an E. <laughs> uh, yes, us here in Australia, we finally got Dune. Part one. Yes. As it was the title card read. Mm. Which was, at, at when I saw it, I'm like, Cool. Are you making part two? Because they hadn't officially announced it yet, and thankfully they are now. So, um, yeah, what did you think of Dune part one? Well, uh, I have to point out that Dune, the book, is probably one of my favourite sci-fi books. So um, it's a hard thing to shift to a film. Um, It's always going to have that issue. But I have to say they did a pretty amazing job in capturing the book. Um, I think this was the only way to do it, though. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's 
They had to Lord of the Rings it. Well, yeah, the the length was definitely needed. Um, if you go back to the Lynch one, it suffers because of <laughs> it's, yeah, the it's, compression it's, it's, it's of the whole thing. Runtime. It's sort of like suddenly... Barely two hours, I think. Yeah, and suddenly we've got the major war at the end and there's no real build-up to it. It just yeah. happens. So this one was really nicely paced and yeah, I really it, enjoyed it. It ended at like a point where I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. And it was a slow burn, so I think mm. it, the, it, it really did feel a little unsatisfying in the fact that there was no next film. You're waiting for the wait next to thing. To go straight to and finish the story, which was a really good sign for it, I'd mm. say. Yeah, um, I've not read the book, but I'm aware of the story and I've seen how thick the book really is. Um, you could only really do it any kind of service by splitting it up into multiple films. So I think in this instance, you can Lord of the Rings it and it's perfectly okay. Mm. Um, that being said, I really liked part one. I thought it was, um, as Jason said, a nice slow burn. So they're taking their time with it to establish all the characters. I felt maybe the end point should have happened in a different place, but I'm not complaining about the rest of what I got. Mm, yeah, we sort of got the the spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie, you probably should. If you're listening to this show, you probably should have seen the movie uh, or if you've read the book. But anyway, um, yeah, we get sort of the the downfall of the Atreides family, which is kind of the big set jumping off point, really. It's the mm. yeah, it's the yeah, starting incident. <laughs> yeah. And but they turned it into this really tragic epic for part one. Yeah, and that's why I would have ended the film on a bit of a cliffhanging note to leave you in a really sad space because what's happened to Paul, what's happened to Jessica, well, you have to see part two to find out. Mm. I don't mind that we got the rest of the film because it does put Paul and Jessica in a completely different space with the Fremen. Yeah, heading, heading into the desert. Heading into the desert, which I thought was really, really good. But um, I think part of me just feels like, oh, you know, the dr- the drama of finishing it off with... Um, I guess the destruction of the Atreides house would have been a bit more effective. <laughs> mm. That's it. I'm not. I'm not upset with where it went. No, because it sort of it didn't have that like huge climactic. What you're kind of expecting battle at the end or like the the destruction is is epic when it happens, but you get this kind of more personal fight where Paul sort of becomes a man, I guess, in a way. Yeah, and also trying to decide if he wants to sort of um, follow the same path as his father to be the next um, Duke of the Atreides house or if he wants to sort of follow the same path as his mother who we find while she was only really meant to have daughters. And I think it's headed towards creating something that's in between, that's sort of Paul. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Or something else. It just might. Or it could be something else. Who knows? Something else altogether. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. I thought also Timothy Chamelay did a really, really good job. He's a super actor. Yeah. uh, Like I'd never seen this dude before and now he's in every movie coming out. Yeah, he really is. And um, also Rebecca Ferguson was wonderful as Jessica. She's fantastic. Yeah, that was well well acted. Yeah. All of them were – I mean – um, Stellan mm. Skarsgård as the Baron was just. It took me <laughs> to realise that that we had a Skarsgård yeah. in this. <laughs> There's a floating Skarsgård. Look out! Um, it, it, yeah, well, I mean, in the in, I think it, it was one of those characters that I always had a certain image in my head of what they would be like because they're sort of so larger than life and mm. weird mm. Uh, when you read the book. And the Lynch version is. Oh, yeah, Odd. Over, overdone, gross, yeah. Yeah, it's very much leaning on this, um, a, a lot of people seem to think that, or academics anyway, that he's leaning on like an AIDS allegory with... Uh, yeah, or like yeah, disease-infested pussy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and... This was a bit... Um, a bit more menacing. 
Yeah, but yeah. it was also a little bit. Um, what's the word? I'm trying to think of the film now. It suddenly left my brain. Um, Marlon Brando. Mm. Um, you're thinking like Apocalypse Now? Like Apocalypse yeah. Now. They just reminded me Heart of, of that. Yeah, type that sort of like <laughs> hidden in shadow, yeah. water dripping down his face, not saying much. It was uh, he was tapping that. That's for mm. sure. I thought it was really good because that kind of character also really plays into um, the political game that's happening. Like, there's a lot of soft power happening behind the scenes with Jessica's family, and then also um, the emperor. Yeah, you got the Benny Gesserit, and then you've got. Yeah, the houses kind of the houses and the emperor clearly picking a side and in order to make sure that his side wins he <laughs> takes out the really big threat which is the atreides yep. in the best way that he knows how well let's you know give them the a little, spi- little bit of cold murder a little bit of cold murder let's give them the spice harvesting job which we know is very difficult with a group of indigenous people that are really pissed off that they're there mm. yeah well yeah it's all just the Emperor worried that the Atreides family is going to win favour and take over, so the easiest yeah. way to get them taken out is to make it look like they've done a very bad job and are being relieved of their well, charge. And you know what? The Emperor was kind of right. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, it's all set up in there. was happening. It yeah. was all set up in yeah. there in the favour. So, um, yeah. Um, Oscar Isaac, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, who I was sort of like, I don't know, I don't know who I had in my head when I always envisioned um, Duke Atreides. It sort of wasn't yeah, Isaac, I can't remember. Oscar Isaac, but he... Smashed he fits it, it. yeah. He, yeah, fits he it did perfectly. a great job, and um, Josh Brolin mm. stand out for me. Jason Momoa as Duncan, Duncan Idaho, <laughs> holy crap! He did really, really well. I've always written off Jason Momoa as a bit of an action guy and someone who I've only really seen act in Game of Thrones, who wasn't all that good. But he did really, <laughs> really, really well. Yeah, in season one. Aquaman. Um, yeah, no, he um, is is a, if you've you've have you read past the first book? I started the second one, but I was. Didn't interest me as much. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Um, fair enough. But like Duncan Idaho is pretty much the he's the only character to appear in all the Dune books. Mm. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's the uh, he's the pretty mm. much the fan favorite character. So I think getting Jason Momoa to play it was probably a pretty good choice because yeah. he certainly has that charisma and he plays it really really well. Yeah. And my only question is, why was Oscar Isaac naked at the end? <laughs> I'm just. I'd say that. Not a complaint, just a question. (laughs) (laughs) Not a a complaint, but a question. I think it was just to basically... Show his weakness, strip down. Yeah, fair enough. Do the worst that they could to Mm. him, make him him. completely aware that they'd ruined him. him. Yeah, Yeah. okay, fair enough. Um, Uh, Batista hulking around was... Yeah, he was good Great, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he did really well. Like, he's sort of broken from the mould of just playing... Lovable Drax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think um, one of the things that you just said a moment ago reminded me of what struck me f- about watching Dune because uh, I wouldn't have pieced this together having read the book so long ago, but Game of Thrones owns owes oh, so, oh, so much to much. this yes. book. It's amazing how much it owes to it. Um, yeah. mm. It's almost uh, Game of Thrones as Dune. <laughs> In a fantasy world yep. with just a single planet. Change worms to dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's not so much about the big battles, but it's about the small conversations that happen yep. um, yeah, in between a, groups of It's the political people. game. The political, they're the game as yeah. such, yeah. They're mm. playing the game and um, that's what makes the book so fascinating that they've managed to somehow fit this in so well into the film. Mm. Mm. And, and I think Dennis Villeneuve has this just, like he he gets it. There's something in all of his films. Whatever he's looking at, he gets. And I and I, it's no other way I can explain it. I've not watched one of this guy's movies and been like, yeah, it was all right. 
he's unreal. Like from <laughs> Blade Runner to Sicario to Arrival, whatever he's framing, he's got a unique view on it and he knows how to make it singularly visually spectacular. And Dune is, if anything, one of the most visually dazzling films I've ever seen him. Like, I just, I was, when that first sandworm d- ate the <laughs> mine, I was like beside myself. It was like everything I imagined reading the book was just there. And it was the first time, I mean, Lord of the Rings probably did that for you. I discovered Lord of the Rings kind of after I'd seen Fellowship. So that was in my brain. Yeah. This was the first book I think I've come to where I love it so much going into the movie and, be, and having it realized. And like blown away. Yeah, I'd, I'd compare it to Lord of the Rings in the realization factor because Peter Jackson, Alan Lee, particularly, I have to say, the production design of Lord of the Rings uh, makes it yeah fit it perfectly, and just that look of it is amazing. But Dune has that same effective stark feeling you you get when you're reading the book from the, about the, the, the and light and the <laughs> I think a lot of it also comes down to a respect to the source material yeah. so if we are going to compare I guess apples to apples um, Peter Jackson clearly reveres the Lord of the Rings series and you can tell that the director of Dune really loves the books therefore it's an, mm. it's a good adaptation mm. if you also compare that again with the Lynch one it's very compressed it gives you the broad strokes it gives you the impression that maybe he just had to sort of like get the film done Oh, absolutely! He designed yeah, it too. It, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> yes, it's the least yeah. Lynchian Lynch film there is. Like That's it's, right. it's 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 yeah, it, it doesn't. I mean, fit there's, there's qualities either. of the old one that are still worthwhile. Like it's I'd, a bit of fun. I'd, I'd yeah. say it's actually probably a cult film in essentially yeah. now. Um, oh, I mean, you've also got like you know, Carl Sting Carl McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah, Sting. I love yeah. Carl McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sting's an interesting. <laughs> the um, so like the 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 sword combat, which is such a. When you're reading the book, you're like, oh, of course. But when you try to visualise that, it's like, <laughs> it's a style of fighting that can't be too quick but can't be too slow and yeah, yeah, got these yeah. shields. And it, it, it works really well in this film. But in the old one, it's like very peculiar to look at mm. with these sort of like blocky, blocky graphics yeah. around them. Yeah. <laughs> and they look like little mo- Lego men. Oh. <laughs> it's really, really strange. I think um, maybe the one tiny little gripe I have about the film is maybe it's because of the cinema that um, I saw it in because it was so large the sound was very overwhelming and it sometimes drowns out everything else that's going on I think there was a, I think the cinema I saw it in was Dolby Atmos and okay. it was like like the voice was like <laughs> it was I, amazing I didn't have any problems with sound yeah. at mine. it was amazing yeah I just sort of like it drowned out a little bit too much and maybe that's an intentional choice to show you the grandiose uh, of no, what's going I, I didn't, on but yeah it was all very clear for mine okay. it, 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 might it wasn't um, what's hmm. its name the the one earlier in the Christopher Nolan <laughs> the Christopher Nolan yeah. one where you can't hear anything <laughs> oh you mean Tenant <laughs> yes Tenant <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the thought <laughs> what <laughs> yeah it wasn't quite like that, but I just felt that the music probably overtook. Something was going on. Yeah, well, it was Hans Zimmer doing his thing, but it yeah. did f- to me, it fit. I like the score. The score fit. Yeah, but I imagine in a cinema with not the best sound because no, it's very it's like. Yes. Would have been a bit like, yeah. Exactly. I think it was a combination of the cinema being really, really big and not being very full. Yeah. Right. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, the cinema I saw it in was. I was very oh, impressed. I got to see it in an IMAX type scenario. So. Oh, how good. Which I think it was filmed for. Mm. Yeah, with the um, sort of scope that you have for all the sets, I think a bigger screen would be best for Dune. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a um, cinematic experience, put oh. it that way. Yeah. And as um, the director said, because like, it was going straight to streaming in the States, 
watching it's going to be like using your speedboat in your bathtub if you're watching it at home. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that's probably the best analogy for it. Like, it, it's sort of a shame if if the the way you experienced this was at home because mm. it's it's big. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of glad that they sort of waited to distribute it only in cinemas in Australia because it would have been a huge disservice to just yeah. stream it, I feel. But also I think it's sort of like we're living in this weird world now where streaming is is a viable option because yeah. of the pandemic. And thankfully it's sort of like Warner Brothers is like, okay, you know, it may not have performed um, you know, spectacularly, but, you know, not $2019, but mm. well enough that, yeah, we're going to bankroll the second one, which is great. I think also um, if we're going to sort of look at, I guess, streaming versus the cinema, I, this might be a new twist on the debate. Streaming gives more accessibility to people who might not necessarily have the means to go out to the cinema, which can be quite pricey yep. and therefore make a screening more exclusive, more special. Both are good qualities to have. I'm not swaying one way or the other, but mm. that could be something that um, is involved with that. Yeah, maybe. Like You make going to the cinema an event. Yeah, exactly. And was when it began. Cinema. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was I mean, the point. It, it's, yeah. uh, well, it was the uh, it was the one. cheap alternative to the theatre, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah, and then you had the road shows and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So no, I, th- I um yeah I'm. It was no secret that I was very excited for this film, uh, and I'm. It's like I was rewarded. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ex- it was exactly the Christmas present I wanted. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend seeing it at the cinema. Yeah. Yes, yeah likewise. Yes. Dune Part One. Stay tuned in like two years, and we'll we'll do the we'll do the second one for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that bugs me is this like backwards view of like when they did Lord of the Rings. It's like cool, you're going to make this amazing epic. Here's this money, make three movies, and now it's like oh, but it, you know, I might not make enough money. You better just do one. How amazing would it be to watch this and be like? Yes, in six months I get to watch the rest of it. Yeah, because <laughs> the studio had confidence in their product and their directors. Mm. Well, I hope they've got the, the same director film. for the second one. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. He, it's all him. Yeah, yeah, I'd stick with that pony too if I were him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's that like the need to make money outweighs that like. There's nothing wrong with an event. There's nothing wrong with mm. doing it big. No, not at all, especially for such a popular book. Yeah. Like, it is one of the most recognisable, most well-known sci-fi books that's ever been written. Uh, it, of, you know, sort of 60s onwards, mm. that's, yeah. it yeah. definitely stands out. Absolutely. I mean, there's some earlier ones, but, yeah, it's... It's it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Cool. Dune. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Popped Culture. I've been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddy, Monica Porto and Scott Souter. The clip for this week's show was the trailer for Dune and the song at the end was Hans Zimmer's cover of Eclipse from the Dune soundtrack. If you're enjoying the podcast, please jump on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we're available at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter at popcultureau, we're on Instagram and we're on YouTube. Oh,